Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 21 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello, and welcome back. It's Christina Anderson, pediatric adolescent sports dietitian, nutritionist, and Today, I want to answer a commonly asked question that I get um, both in client sessions, but also um, on various kind of social media channels. And this is the topic or, or question of, should gymnasts eat less on rest days? And I think we first have to define rest days or time out of the gym, because obviously, hopefully at baseline, most gymnasts have at least one to two days completely off the gym, out of practice each week so that they can engage in ongoing repair and recovery. So people do ask, you know, should they be eating less on those days off the gym, whether it's the weekend or they have one day off in the middle of the week and one day off on the weekend, you know, should their nutrition look different there? The next scenario that I want to kind of walk you through is how gymnasts should be eating if they are injured, right? I think that's another very common question is, oh my goodness, my gymnast is now injured. You know, she's in a, a cast on her leg and she can't do anything but, you know, swing on bars and do conditioning. So because she's not training as much, how should she be eating? The third scenario is long-term. So whether that's um, your gymnast takes like two or three weeks off in the summer or something crazy happens like COVID quarantine, heaven forbid that doesn't happen again, um, or just some sort of extended period of time where the gymnast isn't injured, but we're just not training that normal kind of 20 to 30 hours a week. So first and foremost, what's really crucial is that your gymnast is eating enough because you really have no business eating less on any form of a rest day if you're not fueling what you're currently doing. And no one likes to hear that, but that is kind of the most common scenario that I see in working with high-level gymnasts is, you know, they've been training 20 to 30 hours a week for years and years and years. 80 to 90% of them at least are under fueled for what they're trying to do. And then when they're injured or it's just a rest day or whatever, then they restrict their nutrition because if we're going to be honest, the fear is usually around weight gain and body change, but they have no business doing so, right? If you're already under fueling for what you're doing, you have no business reducing your nutrition any further. Otherwise, you're just digging yourself in even deeper of an energy deficit, you are exacerbating the underfueling or what for many gymnasts has already turned into red S or relative energy deficiency in sport. And you're just going to get in your own way in terms of optimal performance and recovery and certainly longevity in the sport. 
So let's talk about, you know, days off gym. And I feel very strongly that every gymnast should have at least one to two days a week of rest and recovery. Um, I think it's really tough to exist in the gymnastics world because there's very much um, a scarcity mindset around training. And there's this fear that, you know, if you're not in the gym a certain number of hours, you're not going to be successful. If you don't get in a certain amount of reps, you're not going to be successful. And when you have these big programs who do train 20, 25, 30 hours a week, and they do produce, you know, high level athletes, it is easy for a lot of parents and gymnasts to sit around and kind of think to themselves, well, this just is how it is. Like, this is how much training is required to be successful. And I'm not a coach. I am not a strength coach. I am not any of that, but I would definitely argue that it's about quality and not quantity. And I will say, interestingly, I work with a lot of level 10 gymnasts that are currently in the throes of college recruiting. And previously, when they were like level seven, eight, and nine, they were at some of these big gyms where they did train 30 to 35 hours a week. They did have two a day workouts. And for a while, maybe it was okay. And one might argue it may have helped them advance maybe faster in the sport. For a lot of them, by level eight or nine, they incurred their first major injury. And oftentimes, these were injuries that required surgery. These were injuries that required months and months and months of time out of the gym, and then many more months of rehabilitation. And by the time it was all said and done, a lot of these gymnasts are currently, you know, should be second and third year level 10s, but many of them have hardly even had an entire season of level 10 because they've always been on a comeback. And what's interesting is for a lot of them, I think they and their parents and even some of their coaches finally get to a point where they're like, okay, (laughs) this is not working. Like for you and your body, you know, 35 hours a week is not working. So we're going to cut you down from two days to one workout a day. That's either three or four hours a day, five days a week. And um, I read this a long time ago, and maybe Dave Tilly has said this more recently, but Amy Borman, um, Simone Biles' own coach, you know, quote me if I'm wrong here, but she said that, you know, a, a high quality level 10 who can be very viable for, you know, D1 gymnastics can do so by training 20 hours a week. And I would agree with that. I really do. I, I think with the right coaching, with quality of training, with the proper nutrition, rest and recovery. I think you absolutely can accomplish that in 20 hours a week. But again, just going back to not just the nature of the sport, but the nature of a lot of our personalities, right? (laughs) Of people who are involved in the sport, it's very difficult for a lot of us to rest and to recover and to walk away and say it was good enough today. Tomorrow is a new day. So um, that's kind of a tangent, but your gymnast needs to take days off of the gym. And The problem with how people view food and nutrition is they often view it as a very kind of singular 24-hour time period. And so it makes sense that a lot of gymnast parents and coaches would think that on your days off, you need to drastically reduce your food intake or caloric intake in order to prevent weight gain. But what most people don't know is that repair and recovery continues for 12 to 24, 48 hours post-workout. So for the gymnast who has Saturday and Sunday off each week, by Sunday, their body is still recovering from Friday night's workout. For those who have maybe a Wednesday off and a Sunday off, 
you know, on Wednesday, their body is still recovering from Tuesday on Sunday, their body's still recovering from Saturday. And I would argue not just Saturday, but it's, it's cumulative, right? So their body is still trying to just catch up and recover from the rest of the week. So if you think about it, if, if the body is still trying to engage in repair and recovery, and then we all of a sudden drastically reduce the food intake on those days where we actually could catch up from being in a deficit, then we're only further driving them into said deficit or what I call the recovery gap. And thus, this is why a lot of gymnasts come back even after days off of training and they don't feel better necessarily. Um, there definitely are differences between overtraining versus underfueling, but there's also a, a big overlap. So in my mind, I think that days off of gym are not just super important mentally and physically, but they're also very important from a nutritional standpoint in making sure that we're trying to catch up with nutrition needs and trying to just further close that recovery recovery gap, which is essential for not just repair and recovery, but adaptation to training or getting better, stronger from training, as well as normal growth and development. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I'm very, um, I guess, strong in my views that if a gymnast is not growing and developing, then that is their body's way of saying it does not have enough nutrition to repair and recover. So you can think whatever you want about puberty and weight gain and body change, but if you purposely over-restrict your gymnast nutrition or allow her to underfuel and subsequently she doesn't grow. Um, it's not just that she's not growing or not developing, which some people may actually praise or think is convenient. Um, but you're actually getting in her way or his way of optimal performance as well as longevity in the sport. So when I work with athletes one-on-one and we're developing their fueling plan, the first thing I help them tease out is, is the difference between normal nutrition versus performance nutrition. And this is something way back in episode one of the podcast that we talk about. And essentially, you know, I view normal nutrition as three meals and maybe one to three snacks a day. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, between meal snacks. And that is our foundation. Like that is where we derive most of our nutrition, our, you know, overall calories, carbs, protein, and fat. It's where we derive most of our vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, and all that great stuff. Then for high-level athletes that are training at least kind of three and a half to four hours a day, we layer on performance nutrition, and that is the strategic use of nutrition and hydration before, during, and after training to level up performance and focus. And those fuel sources are often um, not most nutrient-dense, right? They tend to be simple carbohydrates or lower fiber complex carbs um, because it's really based on timing and digestion. You know, I, I tell my gymnast to maximize nutrition when able, you know, intro workout, but at the same time, what's more important is that they're getting adequate fuel for what they're doing. And they also are using things that logistically work for them and their schedule and the gym's policies. So the first thing when we're looking at a rest day is we could peel back the performance nutrition because we're not training, right? And that would be an appropriate adjustment. As far as should a gymnast eat less on rest days at her meals and snacks, should she, you know, only have the meals and not the snacks? I think that really boils down to a few things. In theory, a gymnast would be fueling adequately for what she's doing, right? This is why we use the performance plate method, kind of moderate to high intensity plate based on how much the gymnast is training, you know, snacks and their density are based on nutrition needs and growth and injury status. In theory, If an athlete was fueling adequately to begin with, we could 
kind of pare back on some of their meals, not eliminate meals, but okay, hey, instead of half a plate of carbs, we could do a third of a plate, right? Or, you know, instead of three snacks a day, maybe it's two snacks a day, or you can just be a little bit more intuitive with your nutrition and and grab a snack if you need it, right? Because sometimes meals are bigger, sometimes we sleep in. The problem is that most gymnasts aren't fueling adequately to begin with. And like I said earlier, you have no business, you know, cutting out meals or reducing portions at meals or cutting out snacks if you've already been under fueling on days that you're training. And this is a real mindset issue for gymnasts because, you know, most of them already restrict their nutrition or they under fuel or already think they're eating too much. So then when a rest day comes and I tell them, no, I actually want you to just keep eating what you normally eat, especially thinking about repair and recovery, they have a really hard time with that. And part of that, I think, is the the dichotomous thinking in the sport or kind of the black and white extreme all or nothing thinking where, again, instead of looking at the nutrition in averages and realizing that repair and recovery is an ongoing you know, ongoing process and we get a different amount of nutrition every day and it can kind of average out. Gymnasts very much like to look at days, you know, in just the 24 hour increments. And so they literally, um, often believe that, you know, if I have this extra snack or if I have, you know, too big of a portion of carbohydrate at my meal on an off day from training, then I'm just automatically going to gain weight, which is not, is not how the body works. Um, So this is a real struggle for a lot of gymnasts. And I think a lot of gymnasts sabotage their own efforts. They sabotage their own recovery by too drastically reducing their intake on days outside the gym, especially when many of them are already under fueling. So the next kind of situation where we might look at, you know, possibly reducing overall intake or at least questioning, you know, should they be eating the same amount would be if a gymnast is injured. And, you know, whether or not this injury requires surgery, you know, a lot of gymnasts believe that if they can't work out as much, then they need to drastically reduce their intake. Um, This makes sense, right? But again, just like rest days, if you are fueling adequately prior to the injury, and then the injury happens and say you can only train two hours a day instead of four, then yes, it would make sense to, you know, reduce your nutrition to match how much you are training. Um, Part of that though, that we have to remember is nutrition needs can actually be increased by 10 to 50% based on the severity of the injury. Um, There's been a lot of research done on metabolic rates and how much nutrition is needed for optimal healing. And we know that that energetic cost can sometimes be um, relatively high. The other thing we have to remember is that, um, you know, during an injury, many gymnasts are still working out. Like even if they're going to the gym for just two or three hours instead of four, many of them are, you know, conditioning their hearts out <laughs> the whole time, right? It's it's just a very gymnast thing to do. Um, you know, they're riding the bike for a whole hour while their teammates are on floor. And even if your teammates are on floor, you're probably not tumbling the whole hour, right? Like you're taking your turns, you're waiting in line. Like obviously it depends on the level and the intensity, but Um, I've seen a lot of gymnasts kind of go overboard with conditioning while they're injured. Part of it is fear of weight gain. Part of it is just kind of that hopelessness and feelings of loss of control of they're just trying to do everything they can to come back stronger, especially if they're injured during season and trying to make it back, you know, by States or regionals. Um, so I I think it's a, it's a tricky area where there's a lot of nuance. Um, and like I said, 
in the perfect world, a gymnast would be eating enough in the first place so that when injury inevitably does happen, they could then kind of downregulate their nutrition as it makes sense physiologically, still eating enough to support, you know, growth and development and repair and recovery, but they wouldn't need as much if they could only train maybe 50%. But again, I think the real pickle that a lot of gymnasts find themselves in is they're already not eating enough to fuel what they're doing. And then honestly, this is an area where we see a lot of um, disordered eating and body dysmorphia kind of present itself, you know, like those issues may already have been there, but a lot of gymnasts will use exercise as a means to justify eating. So then when all of a sudden they're ripped out of that normal amount of training because of an injury, then the real colors show like then, then the struggle really presents itself because they no longer have that kind of security of like, oh, well, I'm working out. Like I'm using that to justify my eating versus I'm using my eating to fuel my workouts. Um, and this can really be tragic, right? I mean, not only are we dealing with an injury where we need to be fueling properly for it to heal as best as possible, especially for having surgery or especially if that injury was related to underfueling. Um, but then you layer on top of that, this new kind of presented food and body struggle which is going to even further get in the way of adequate fueling and distract your gymnast. And it certainly can be, um, a career ender. And I'll say that was a big part of my own journey. Um, I definitely was under fueling as a gymnast, definitely struggled with disordered eating and body image issues. And my main injuries in my last couple of years of training were what we thought were overuse related. I had really bad Achilles tendonitis. Um, come to find out my ankles were actually, (laughs) they're like mechanically built improperly. And so, um, like when I land, they don't, my ankles don't bend as much as they should. I know every PT listening to this, my terminology is not correct here. So I apologize. Uh, but long story short, it actually took a brilliant physical therapist. Um, her name was Melanie Seaman. She actually had worked for the national team, USA gymnastics for 12 years, and then, um, moved to Tulsa, or maybe that was where she was from and opened up her own physical therapy practice. So that's how I got connected with her. And she was actually the first of like five different ankle specialists and two other PTs to actually figure out my issue. Um, And I really credit that to A, her just being an incredible practitioner, but B, um, she knew gymnastics. So uh, sidebar, this is why I'm so passionate about gymnasts working with physical therapists who understand gymnastics, right? Because even just the lingo and terminology in the sport, it's going to be a barrier to entry, right? And you know that if you've ever seen an orthopedist or a physical therapist who doesn't understand gymnastics, it doesn't matter if they're in sports medicine, if they don't understand the sport and the terminology and the movement patterns, um, they're just going to have a hard time truly um, understanding diagnosing and certainly creating kind of a a return to sport plan. But anyways, um, my Achilles issues were definitely related in part to my underfueling, um, and then slash this kind of mechanical issue, which just was what it was until we fixed it. Um, but then my final injury that took me out of the sport was actually come to find out elbow OCD, which this is kind of a crazy story. So it was my senior year of gymnastics. Um, I had just switched gymnastics clubs, which should have done a long time ago, but story for another day. And I remember sometime in in July, I was tumbling and my elbow gave out. And I remember like after that tumbling pass, I was like, oh, that was kind of interesting. That felt weird. Um, Then I went for the second tumbling pass and it did it again. Like my whole elbow just gave out on me. And 
I didn't think too much of it, but then over the coming weeks, um, it progressively got more and more sore and tender to the point that I couldn't even hold on to the bars. Like I couldn't, couldn't maintain that grasp because of that tendon inside my elbow. And so I had gone back to the physical therapist and we had, I think I had rested it for eight weeks. And then we took another eight weeks to progress really slowly back into everything. And so here we are like 16 weeks later. And I remember like my very first tumbling pass back on the real floor. Um, and my elbow did the same thing. And that, you know, kind of led to the conversation of, of look, it's October of your senior year, you know, college gymnastics has already been gone because of the setbacks with injuries and so on and so forth. You know, at this point, you know, need to keep your grades up. You're going to be on the bench anyways. And if you rupture this tendon, it's going to be surgery and nine months of recovery. So ultimately that's like the short version of, of how I ended my gymnastics career. Um, but 10 years later, almost to the day, um, I had just gotten married and my husband and I were in Alabama for, uh, what we call captain school. It's like air force officer training that you do when you're a captain. Um, so we had just gotten married. We moved to Alabama temporarily so he could do this, this training. And then we were moving to Wyoming and the base at the time had an awesome golf course and he loves to golf. And I didn't really know how to golf, but obviously it seemed like a really good couples activity. And of course me being a gymnast, I do everything too, too much, right? Like <laughs> my husband um, is a very good golfer. And so of course I'm like trying to keep up with him. And that's a bad idea when you fundamentally don't know how to swing a golf club. And so I ended up hitting the ground with my golf club more than actually the golf ball. And it totally fired up that tendon in my elbow um, that I guess we'd almost torn or I'd almost torn, you know, 10 years prior. And I went to a different doctor and she ordered an MRI. And when she got the results back, she's like, did you know that you had elbow OCD? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like if you had told me elbow OCD 10 years prior when I was a gymnast, I I'm not sure I'd even heard of it. Um, it, it definitely became something more, I think prevalent and something where I identified more after I was a gymnast. Um, but obviously here I am in my career. And she said, you know, did you know you had elbow OCD? And my heart instantly sank because yes, like knee and elbow OCD are definitely related to overuse, but they're also related to underfueling. And I knew as a gymnast, I wasn't fueling properly. Um, but I was too deep in the throes of the food and body struggles to really do anything with it. Um, but it definitely, it, it definitely hurt, you know, to be told that 10 years later, and to know for real, for real, that my underfueling did get in the way of my gymnastics career um, and my injuries healing. So I tell you that story to say, even if your gymnast is injured, it may not actually be the right time to reduce their nutrition, especially if they've been underfueling. And that can be really scary. It can be really scary. And I think we have to address the big elephant in the room, and that is weight gain and body change. You know, most gymnasts that I work with that are under fueling, even if they are healthy, are hesitant about eating more because they're afraid of weight gain and their body changing, which that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does because I work with adolescents and they are supposed to grow and develop. And many of them have not been growing and developing as they should kind of based on their genetic trajectory. So when they do start eating enough, their body does catch up on years of growth and development that should have been happening a lot more gradually. 
Um, that is essential. Cause again, if you are under fueled, if you are not growing and developing, your body doesn't have enough nutrition to repair and recovery. And while that can be challenging to get a gymnast to do when they are training a lot, it's even more challenging when they are off of training because of injury. Because again, in their minds, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm already not training enough. And now you're telling me I have to eat more food. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain so much weight. It's going to be so bad, blah, blah, blah. But again, here's the deal. Bodies change. And so whether you're a professional athlete, that's an adult, or whether you're working with an adolescent gymnast, bodies are dynamic. And I think it would be abnormal to some degree if your body didn't change at all while you were injured and off of your training, depending how much you're able to engage in. The most important thing during an injury is to adequately fuel through that injury so that the athlete has the best chance of a full recovery. And for a lot of gymnasts, the obsession with trying to control their weight and their aesthetic is only going to lead to them being malnourished, which will then lead to improper healing. Um, And it's not just going to jeopardize the results of the injury healing, certainly jeopardize the results of the surgery if that was required, but also put them at risk for not just subsequent injury to that same area, but also injury to other body parts as they are coming back from the injury. Unfortunately, um, there still are a lot of coaches who will make body comments to gymnasts when they're injured. Um, They may not look at them point blank and say, you know, don't gain weight or don't gain fat while you're injured, but they may look at them and say, you know, you need to stay in shape. And any gymnast knows that's code for like, don't gain weight, which is again, silly because bodies are dynamic. You shouldn't look the same training 25 hours as you do 10 hours a week. Um, if you were fueling adequately for the 25 hours a week and then had to bump down to 10 hours cause you're injured, then yeah, you probably will have less body change because you were fueling appropriately to begin with. But again, that's not most gymnast situation. All right. So the third area, um, where gymnasts kind of ask questions about should they eat less would be in more kind of long-term situations. And this could be something like, a week out of the gym for a vacation or two weeks out of the gym for a vacation. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe your gymnast decides to take a break from the gym for a month. And, um, sometimes parents will ask, you know, well, how should they eat? Should they eat less? Um, again, here's, here's the deal. A lot of gymnasts are under fueled to begin with and time out of the gym could actually probably be a good time to catch up on that nutrition. Again, in the perfect world, a gymnast would be eating enough to support what they're doing so that if they do have time out of the gym, they could kind of downregulate their nutrition and it would make sense and it would still be appropriate to fuel everything that their body needs. But that's just not the situation for a lot of gymnasts. And this is a big reason that when I work with parents through our VIP nutrition program or through our team talks or my one-on-one coaching, especially when gymnasts are younger, like levels five and six, we haven't gone through puberty. I really try to impress upon them that it's so important that your gymnast is eating enough for what she's doing because injuries will happen, right? Time out of the gym will happen. Things will happen. And I don't want your gymnast to have to freak out about it. I don't want them to instantly think, oh my gosh, I can't work out. That means I can't eat. I need to restrict. No, like I want them to understand that when I'm training this much, my meals are bigger we've got more carbs. I've got additional snacks. I'm laying around performance nutrition. I am fueling what I'm doing. 
then on days I'm not doing that, I can peel back kind of the different layers appropriately, but still be left with enough food to support life and eating and pleasure and all the things. So I think it's definitely um, a case by case situation. Um, I think it's important to make sure your gymnast is growing and developing appropriately. Cause again, that's a very good proxy for their body saying, yes, I'm happy. I am getting enough nutrition. I think if your gymnast is injured, it is normal to see body change. And sometimes we may see some extreme body change. You know, a lot of parents can attest that their gymnast maybe grew five or six inches and gained 15 or 20 pounds in three months, you know, that they were completely out of the gym because of an injury. Um, and that's a lot more weight than we would expect, you know, per year, you know, ages nine to 12, or even per year during puberty. Um, but your body doesn't care if it's been suppressed and it's been underfueled, it's going to catch up as fast as it can. And at the first opportunity it can. And while this is totally normal and healthy, it can be very unsettling and it can certainly, um, cause some struggles in the gym with just the biomechanical changes. And so the best thing you can do as a parent is make sure they're eating enough in the first place, because number one, that's just going to make the progression through puberty even smoother, but then it's also going to protect you for that day, which again, it'll probably inevitably come where your gymnast is injured and they can adjust their nutrition appropriately to still support what they are able to do, to still support the injury recovery, um, but still be in a good place where they feel good in their body. So with that, I hope that this episode has been helpful. Um, please make sure that your gymnast is eating enough nutrition on her normal days in the gym and her days off the gym. If your gymnast is injured, please question every injury. You know, I used to separate injuries into like accidental injuries versus the overuse injuries and definitely focused more on the overuse injuries in terms of nutrition. But I don't do that so much anymore because even a lot of the accidental injuries can happen because of underfueling, i.e., Many of them happen towards the end of training when a gymnast is tired, they're not thinking clearly, they're not reacting as quickly. And so, yes, while the break or the sprain or whatever was accidental, um, going into a workout fully fueled is certainly um, a safety factor. Um, if your gymnast is injured, please be on the lookout. It's very common for them to struggle with food and body, especially uh, if they're older and they already are kind of body conscious and thinking about things, which I say older, unfortunately, we see disordered eating very young. You know, I've worked with gymnasts that will say even as young as like seven and eight years old, they were looking at the mirrors at their body. They were looking at their nutrition. They were Googling things. They were looking at things on social media. So I know these are kind of scary topics, but you can't be too prepared. Um, and there's a lot that kind of flies under the radar because food and bodies are certainly um, a very kind of shame filled um topic, if you will. Um, if you need support, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're currently enrolling for our VIP nutrition program, which is for level five, six through 10 gymnasts and parents, where we teach you everything you need to know about fueling the gymnast on training days and rest days on fueling them for longevity in the sport, developing your own performance nutrition strategy, um, how to use nutrition to not just prevent injuries, but help, um, expedite the healing process and, We'd love to have you. Um, it's a it's a hybrid program that has both live group sessions and we have an upgrade option for one-on-one support if your gymnast needs um, some specific attention or you have some specific situations that you want support with. Um, so you'll find the application in the show links or please 
uh, feel free to reach out via Instagram or send me an email um, with any sort of questions or comments you have, or certainly um, topics that you'd like to see featured on the podcast. So with that, thanks for tuning in. Please share with your friends who would also love to learn about Fueling the Gymnast, and I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.